are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Backstage with the Soundcheck. As always, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some new bands with some new music updates. I have a very special episode in store for you guys today, featuring an interview with the members from A Vessel of Honor, who are here to talk to me about their new music and what they're doing right now. And at the end, you guys are in for a treat because I'm going to play you their new single, Among the Stars. So keep that play button rolling and let's get it. I'm Matthew. I'm Ian. And I'm Thad. And this is A Vessel of Honor and you're backstage with the sound chick. So, you know, we're still amidst a pandemic. Things are getting slowly back to normal. How are you guys doing besides making music right now? Well, we've played several shows um, near the beginning of the pandemic before everything completely locked down. And then, um, of course, during lockdown, it, it was nothing. And so we started writing and we've had, we had two or... Yeah, we've had a bunch of two or three. Yeah, we um yeah two shows now. Yep. Um, now that we're back, I guess um, things are open. Personally, stressed. You know, I think everybody out there is. Um, I you know, Ian got married during the pandemic, right? Hey, yeah. Um, Congratulations. I know that kid. I know that baby. I'm a father of three and a wife of a, and a husband of a teacher right so my wife is a teacher and she's you know dealing with all that and three kids at the house so um that's same and then yeah my wife works with the school system she's she's a cafeteria lady so she during the whole entire pandemic when the schools were closed or on virtual learning she made sure that uh she supplied food for all kids uh during quarantine and they delivered food to all the kids and families and stuff like that. So she's been nonstop. So a lot of us, um, you know, in the in the band, we're all in what you'd consider infrastructure businesses. So right. uh, we've been working most of the way through it, you know, making furniture. I work at a glass plant, um, making safety glass and Ian's doing tire work. Yep. And um, so we've all and HVAC and HVAC. Yeah, he switched, he switched jobs during the pandemic. And tons of college so, work. Um, yeah, college is on top of yeah. that, so it's pretty wide open for us personally. Um, yeah. My wife, she works at the local community college in a, um, a program called Upper Bound, and so it's been really weird because they're like, okay, we're going to call you back into work. Oh, never mind. Go home for another week. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to try to call you back in these two days, so it's just back and forth, back and forth, the scheduling and you know, not knowing what's going on has kind of been hard. Right. What's it, it like? Go ahead, Star. No, you're fine. Um, what's it like being back playing gigs again? Great. The same. <laughs> the same yeah, as it same was. As it was. Um, so, you know, the, the scene has always been, uh, it's always been spotty at times. And I think definitely now the pandemic is off um, or half off, I don't know what kind of sale it's on, but, um, you know, the, the uh, you know, the venues, Venues are definitely anxious to open. I think of probably a little more than people are anxious to get out in crowds. 
Um, you know, I think everybody believes, oh, I'm vaccinated. I'm going to go to do everything I did before. And that's just not the way the world's going to work. Right. And, um, so I, I definitely think, you know, it, it's going to take a little while for the festivals to kick back up for the bigger shows to really start rolling. Um, and that's that's the next step. You know, that's that's what that's what's really going to feel different. Um, well, going back to when the pandemic right before the pandemic, we had a bunch of opportunities that were happening at once. We we were booking way out of state. We were booking Texas, Indiana, Missouri, Illinois. There were some places that wanted us to do fly dates to like Arizona, uh, you know, Las Vegas, um, California, other places. And the problem with that was, is we were getting all of these booked and then the pandemic happened and then all of it went away. And yeah. it was like super discouraging and disappointing. And then that puts you in a, a, a big depressed state of wow are we going to get all of that back once this goes away is that something yeah. we can look forward to again right hoping the, uh, hoping the summer you know with gigs and all brings more momentum you know because we were we were building momentum and then it kind of got chopped at the knees so to speak That's and so i'm hoping me. you know people are people are wanting music and so we're just waiting to see you know, how everything's gonna pan out yeah right so during this pandemic, you guys have been working on music. How has that experience been? Did you guys do it remotely, online? Did you guys find a way to come together and, and work on the music in person? How did that go? Yeah, you want me to do that one? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we're, we're kind of all in a COVID bubble. Um, yeah. you know, we, were, yeah. I was, we both took part in Ian's wedding um, during all this. And, and um, you know, our kids have been together during some of this. So um, we, are, we have isolated but we were isolated together for the most part uh we've been really careful um anytime you know in in my industry i'm wearing a mask on my elbow today um i just realized so that so his elbow doesn't yeah. get cut my elbow doesn't get cut um <laughs> the uh but no we with exposures like i had several exposure possibilities at work um and matt did too and and Ian oh, did yeah. also and oh, yeah. at any time there was that it was kind of like this hard stop to everything and um that that was stressful because we start when you when you write music and you get this momentum writing music you start to get kind of in the zone of okay I know what I'm going to work on next I know what my next thing is and uh we had that several different times and had really good stuff moving and then it would be a hard stop for two weeks and um and that was that was probably the most dif difficult part of all of it but individually um we wrote a lot of riffs and licks and and things and like that songs. yeah full songs um happened individually over the course of this past year um some of that that you'll hear on the coming album and then some of that we're actually working on for the future album and possibly even an album after that because we're about that far into writing music at this point <laughs> Man, you guys are busy yeah fortunately we've had the the absolute pleasure to work with uh jamie king at the recording base at the the base the basement yeah. recording studios that he has and um with uh with working with him and learning a bunch of the in and outs of recording and how all of that that is we were in a position to purchase a lot of um, recording equipment uh, like real top of the line industrial grade recording equipment so to make it easier for you know the pandemic and quarantine and all that instead of having to go to studio and then come back home in studio and come back home and not knowing who's there and who's been there. And, uh, 
purchasing the equipment and being able to learn all of the procedures and in and outs, we can do everything here yep. and then have it all mastered and edited with uh, Jamie King Steele. And uh, that that progressed the writing like tenfold. Yeah. So oh, yeah, sure. we've started yeah. a recording a lot of our practices and a lot of the times that we just sit around and, and kind of jam on a riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped in capturing some of those things that ordinarily get lost. Um, and that's, again, you know, later on in the questions, we have things about, uh, you know, what will we tell upcoming artists? And I would tell you, save your money and buy some recording equipment. <laughs> and I would um, tell you to buy, yeah. and I would tell you to buy new recording equipment. And if you buy used, get a manual. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because nothing lasts forever. <laughs> and when it breaks down, trying to find old, old industrial grade equipment is like virtually impossible. Yeah. Well, what are you guys looking forward to bringing with this new music and what should fans get excited for? A boot to the face. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got um, definitely, um, you know, taking some feedback from different industry professionals that we got a chance to speak to, um, different people that we've worked with over the course of the pandemic. um, And then even before the pandemic, um, we were able to really get a lot of good feedback um, and constructive criticisms uh, from our first album. And we're taking a lot of those, that feedback that we got, and we're applying that to the songs that we've chosen to put on the upcoming album. Um, so we've, we've worked really hard to make sure that we, we haven't lost our sound. Um, we haven't lost um, what we would consider to be our tone or our, our vibe to our music. Um, but we're looking forward to putting out some heavier stuff. Um, you know, we wanted to really bring, uh, bring things to a different level when it comes to uh, both the orchestration of what we do. Um, you know, one of the things off the first album that really struck people was the fact that we have all these digital feels. And uh, if you see, there's three of us sitting on the, the, uh, the, the couch today. And, um, you know, they, we don't have a drummer right now. Well, we, um, we, we have a lot have a, have a live drummer. Um, and that's something we'll get into. But, uh, you know, we, we incorporate a lot of digital stuff. We play with a click track. We play live. Um, that enables us to to have all those sounds and all the that orchestration in our live show. So we're not going to lose that, and that's something that's definitely going to be kicked up a notch. Um, you know, we had some pretty pretty aggressive ambitions as far as backdrops and props, and uh, shows just right now aren't uh, aren't going to finance what we need it to. And uh, moving moving around and and moving and, and playing the size show we're playing doesn't necessarily uh, lend itself to the kind of stage show we're we're getting set to start doing. Um, so that's something we're looking forward to. We're being more yep. selective about the shows we do play yep. because um, the it's with any band you can get the biggest band uh, Guns and Roses, but if nobody advertises, oh Guns and Roses is going to be here or Metallica is going to be there, no one promotes, no one knows. Yep. You show up at a show and you drove five, six hours or whatever, and no one knew there was going to be a show then you go into that thinking oh, i wonder how many people is going to be here and then you find out it was poorly promoted or it was poorly advertised or you know people just wasn't as organized as they could be and then you play to like five or six people but honestly playing to five or six people usually we touch more people um emotionally and spiritually with the lower amount than mm-hmm. we do with the higher amount because it's it feels more one-on-one yeah. but but 
we're more selective about our shows because if we feel that the venue, the booker, the booking agent, and the promoters don't, you know, aren't as organized as they need to be, then there's no, there's no reason to waste our time or theirs. Right. It also, um, the size PA matters. Um, you know, yeah. playing especially in, within ears uh, and stems. Yeah, within ears and stems. Um, you know, we've got the the chance to really deliver some some deep bass and bass drops. Hey, and, on a side um, note, ask me about that when we're done with this. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about them scoops. Um, I've got, I've got so uh, we we're we're working on uh, kind of a way to play some of these medium sized venues without blowing their subs. Um, right. And that's something that people should look forward to when they come out because it's it's a it's a full it's a full sound and we want to be able to deliver what you guys are here, what they hear in the audience. We want to be able to deliver what we're hearing in our in-ear monitors. But the good thing about running stems um, that a lot of people don't understand or know is that the sound is crisp, clean, and leveled for every instrument. If they look at us and they're like, you guys aren't loud enough. We don't have to all go to something and turn up. We just turn one knob. Yep. And, and then they're like, oh, you guys are too loud. Turn down one knob. So it's crisp. It's clear. It, your drummer isn't overdoing it because everything is completely leveled out. Yeah. Right. So it, it has advantage in the smaller clubs and the smaller scenes. It don't and, carry the energy, and, though. Uh, but that it's something with, with the bigger stages. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and get into this. So Matt's, uh, Matt's son um, is actually playing a lot of drums. Um, for us he's about 80 yeah. percent through the whole 12 song set yeah um he has every song on the first album which is six songs completely done and he's got about four or five off of the new album um completed uh he's having a few dynamic problems but other than that he is very disciplined about how he wants to do things. He comes down every day, practices for a couple of hours after his homework, that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, he, know, he knows, he understands if he doesn't do the things that's required of him, he doesn't get to do this. And, you know, uh, it'd be one thing if this kid was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old, but uh, right. how old is son, Matt? He's 10 years old. And he's playing drums like you heard on our first album he can play that to a click track yeah that's uh, impressive and i mean i can't do that so <laughs> <laughs> i've recorded he recorded, recorded most of it so it's all, not as impressive i recorded all the drums on every song we have yep. and even still he does some things with his feet for double bass that even i can't keep up with yeah now it's, like i said his dynamics his dynamics talented. are are about 80% of the way there, but wait till this kid hits 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got some other contract, bro. So I'm, we're, we're I'm, a vessel of honor, but we're actually the training band for Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I think, I think he loves it. He, he knows that when he's playing it, it's not just to play music, it's for a positive message. It's very spiritual to him. Mm -hmm. um, he learns more every time he learns a song. He learns more of the meaning from the vocals that have been written in the song. And he wants to know. He asks questions. And he's like, why am I playing this? What is the point of playing yeah. this song? What's the meaning of each song? Yeah. Things like that. It's, and oh, um, so that. That's, we write that a lot into our music. Right. Uh, a lot of the meanings, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I know your music is very spiritual. It goes uh, in depth into a lot of mental health uh, issues as well, which is what I love about your music in particular. Well, our, um, you know, that's that's something that definitely the the second album doesn't let up on. Very um, scary. You know, we've gotten some feedback about how scary some of our songs are because you know we are dealing with self hate and um, right. very straightforward. Uh, being stabbed in the back by your friends. You yeah. Know, and who's the monster in each situation? Um, some of those kind of things. So we, we don't let up on that. In this very sinking album. depression. Yep. Yeah. Very. Yep. With this new music, you know, bands are releasing uh, music right now, single by single. Are you guys going to follow suit or are you guys going to wait until the album's complete and then release it? Yes. And no. all of the above. Um, so <laughs> so what our plan is to do is uh, is to release a two, couple three. songs, maybe two or three songs along the way. Um, but we're not going to do a formalized EP the way we did with our um, the first kind of smattering of songs that we threw together. Right. Um, so we're going to we're going to finish and produce two or three singles uh, leading up, hopefully into um, a invigorated show season that can support uh, financing an album. Um, you know, that's that's always what it comes down to is how much money can you spend to uh, to publish and to produce, because we don't want to deliver a product that's subpar. You know, we've, right. we've set a bar where we want it to be and and we want to go further than we went before. So um, we're going to we're going to release a couple singles, but um, they're not necessarily even the best songs on the album. Why would we expect any less quality from the fans that want the same type of quality yeah. they would buy yeah. at any other place? Yeah. Absolutely. So let's get into something fun here. You know, sometimes when you when you lose was released back in 2017. What were your favorite songs to work on off this album? <laughs> I know mine again, <laughs> but, but you go ahead. Yes, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, man. What, what was your? Um, well, Ian, Ian may have to explain. He jumped in. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be honest about that. So um, Thad and I went to church together when I was very young. Um, that is considerably older than me. He babysat me at church. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. So he said, you know, you're old. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're, we friends, on, so we're old. friends on Facebook, but we, we weren't like tight or anything, but you know, we knew of each other, et cetera. So he messaged me and he's like, Hey man, I uh, heard you play bass. Would you be interested in, you know, a metal group? And I was like, sure. Like I'll come, you know, hang out, see how I feel. And so I came and they had pretty much everything written on that whole album. They're like, here's the songs learn them <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. It. so i mean if i had to pick a favorite one to play i guess from that album since i didn't have a, a as big a part writing anything probably probably a tie between march march to the chair and then sometimes when you when you lose yep all right go no, ahead no man. no no I'll, i want mine um, to be funny <laughs> yeah you're depending no, on which one you pick it could be real funny um yep so I, you know, it, it's a, it's a toss up, you know, it, I, I will go and when you ask the question in the way, what was the most fun you had recording it? I'm going to say March the chair. Um, so when we went, um, we actually had studio time booked with, uh, with Jamie King uh, for, for that first song. And um, instead of trying to lay down a whole album or do anything, we wanted to get a real good experience in the studio to know what we need to do better when we're in the studio we didn't how, waste how, yeah how do we not waste his time how do we not waste our show money how do we show him we're serious so we went in with this one song and had it down to where we could play it blindfolded upside down backwards standing on our head whatever and um 
it was it, it was a great experience overall you know uh, really positive we came out with a better song than we went in with mm. and um and and that was something that we we liked working with him that was that set the tone for a good working relationship and uh for me that was the song that like that put it over the top for working on a song from the album um not necessarily my favorite song on the album but definitely my favorite for recording nice you know it's funny we went in the first song to record, right? And we did it in a weekend. Yep. And he was like, all right, I got you guys booked for this so-and-so. You come back. How many you got left? Five. Are you doing all five in one weekend? Yep. <laughs> yep. We, we took a whole weekend to do one song. He's like, yeah, now you got to do five in one weekend. Yep. And we knocked it out, and it was perfect. Yep. Or as perfect as it can be. My favorite one um, to record, uh, it is sometimes when you when you lose. Uh-huh. Because I kept all of that from him. Yep. I kept it all <laughs> so, from him. So we went into the studio. And <laughs> he had I knew no how to, idea. knew how to play the guitar part. He didn't know nothing, man. It was that so was it. funny. That he was, was like, didn't Matt, you said you had a song? And I'm like, yeah, I got it. Here, it's already recorded. He's like, where's my part? Oh, just read this. And he's <laughs> like, okay. And he's like, well, where's my other parts? And I'm like, you ain't got to worry about that. And he's like kind of like this and i'm like no now you gotta sing this part and he's like it's not in the same key that we sing in Matt. and i'm like yeah you get used to that because it's gonna be more of them and that's exactly what happened on the new single that's yeah. coming out yeah <laughs> we've got it we, we he did it to me again twice because he was nice. on the next set but he stuff. loves it he's i do like, i do it's the challenge you it know, is um it pushes it, him it pushes us to work together because it's like okay how yep. far can we push that I can still successfully do those that. high vocal um, ranges. He wanted those, and he wasn't. He says close I to wanted it. those. And <laughs> anybody ever seen Bohemian what that does now though is is we'll be writing, and they'll have you know whatever riff, and then Thad will be like, "Hey Matt, I'm hearing this drum beat, and it'll be something that's like like out of this world, next level rhythmically." And so he tells Matt to go play it. Matt's like, "All right, I got it." And then it'll take like 30 minutes because it'll be one little tick that that'll throw in there that Matt doesn't pick up on. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny. It'll crap. make it not line up. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the other, it, like, um, so I was a drumline kid in high yeah. school, you know, marching band nerd um, and uh, band nerd turned pro and decided he's going to write metal music. And uh, you know, when you start combining that, you get these weird like things that I hear. These little rudiments. Like we have whiteboards, and you can't see them from yeah, here, but we got whiteboards sitting over there in the corner where we start writing down rhythms on the board and like trying to overlay them and where they line up so that we can actually get a finished product. So that when we sit down at our guitar, we can reproduce it, and then we're right. totally written on drums. <laughs> and where the clash happens is the counting. They yeah. they both were in band. I, yeah. I yeah. formally I, I didn't get the chance to because my family wasn't a well-to-do rich family. So we wasn't. I didn't say you guys were rich. I'm just saying didn't have to buy any instruments. That was the thing. They were like, you wanna you wanna go, you wanna join band? You know how much that costs to get an instrument and all these trips? I'm not doing it. So you have any idea how much fruit yeah, I sold? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they'll count like, come on, man, one, two, three, and they're counting by measures, and I'm counting by phrases. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, it's 16 measures. I'm like, so you mean it's like that happens like 32 times? <laughs> you know, like that one from beginning to end. Where does the loop happen? Yeah. You know, and that that's where my mind goes, and that's that's pretty much where we clash on the on the math. But once I get it, I get it. Yeah. And um, but the cool thing about 
the uh, the vocal range is that every time we push to do something, not just vocally, but anything new, that looks at me and it's funny because I haven't been playing guitar as much as I should, but I'll play a scale and that's like, yeah, now invert it, play it backwards. Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, wait, I chop what? It up and he's like, like I yeah, alternate pick that. No, sweep it. No, legato <laughs> it. No, do this. And I'm like, slow down, baby. Half, half sweep, half legato with a slide in the middle and finger tap half up. Who do you think I am, Jason Richardson? <laughs> <laughs> This is I got a John Petrucci guitar. It does not mean I'm John Petrucci. Okay. Oh man. No, it doesn't. No. No. Don't let the internet know that. <gasps> we broke the internet. All of a sudden, all expensive guitar sales stop. Right. Right. Well, guitar centers only selling Mitchells now. Yeah. What was one song or band that changed your life forever? Chicago. Yeah. Did you say that in the other interview? Yeah, I did. I did because it's true. It's true. true. Did you play the record um, backwards? I no, I didn't. So my mom was a uh, my mom uh my mom and dad were both church musicians. And uh mom, I grew up in a house that it, it had all kinds of music around me all the time. And um and it's so weird, but one of my biggest influences is Chicago. And it's not because I like any one or two of their songs. It's because they have a a an orchestrated sound right from start to finish i mean they have a lot of pieces in their instruments they've got uh you know they've got a lot of horns they've got a whole lot of other things floating around in their music and um the orchestration of that really had inspired me all the way i mean from the time i first started writing music um that sounded nothing like chicago um and still write music that sounds nothing like chicago it just it influenced me on how polished and finished and full a sound can be when everything's working together so from from that perspective chicago hands down i know it's strange but it is what it is hey it works (laughs) (laughs) go ahead ahead. yeah um so i'd probably say um, growing up with the with my dad, he was big into you know the whole uh, rock and roll. You know he's sixty something years old now, so he grew up in the heyday of all of that. So I was forced to listen to you know rock as a kid. I, I wasn't into it when I was you know four years old, five years old. So I, as I'm growing older, I remember um, War Pigs came on. I started noticing you know in the fields the bodies burning while the war machine keeps turning, and I started asking questions about what was this about? You know to my dad, he's like, what's well, about Vietnam and I'm like, oh, well, this is a really intense song. I kind of like it, though. And so I'd say um, probably Black Sabbath and Aerosmith were two. the two of the biggest ones that Joe probably Perry. changed the way I look at music or made me more interested in rock and roll, metal, nice. um, that whole thing. Yeah, nice. Um, All right, so I forgot what I said in the other interview, so my <laughs> musical influences have changed. Um, <laughs> my, mine will be That's one one day. Mine will be one one day, and then like the next day, it'll be something different because yeah. it's constantly listening to new stuff. And um, I would probably say um, overall, um, Megadeth has been yeah. a huge influence yeah. now. I could see, that. Um, I could see, see, that I could see a lot of Marty Friedman, a lot of classical uh, blues and jazz out of that, even though he played for Megadeth, which is not a classical blues and jazz. It's more of a heavy metal thrash type thing at the beginning but now straight heavy metal um and the influences i have now um would would be like a jason richardson uh that's played with uh born of osiris and uh i think he played for all shall perish uh chelsea grin and now he's on a solo project 
Um, John Petrucci from Dream Theater was a huge influence, mm -hmm. but here lately, um, like today, uh, Wage War. Um, nice. I was real huge into some Wage War today. Uh, tomorrow will probably be um, show tunes. <laughs> I mean, because my wife is huge into show tunes and um, uh, Broadway musicals and stuff like that. And believe it or not, um, I pull a, a lot of metal influence out of that because, yeah. because I hear things in there that should not be in there. <laughs> you know your old record making fun of me for liking Chicago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, no, it's she she was listening to a lot of uh Broadway musicals at that time when it came out like Wicked and mm -hmm. um some of um some of the older ones like uh uh was it Roger Hammerstein and stuff like that. Spam a lot. Uh, <laughs> as a classic right there um and then she started getting into the new newer stuff like into the woods and stuff and i'm like you know what i could put a metal beat behind that <laughs> you know? or or even more a huge influence and people can say what they want but i want to metalize as many billy eilish songs as i can <laughs> i don't know why but i hear so many like dark breakdown you know rips in there i've got a story about that after this too oh <laughs> She's just, she's really creative in yeah. what she does, but at the same time, I see more in there, but I think the reason she's gotten as popular is because of the simplicity of it, and I don't like simplifying things. Mm -hmm. I don't. You can ask that. He keeps telling me to slow nope. down. He doesn't slow down. He plays it twice as fast so I can slow down. And then he's like, <laughs> don't do it like it. It's starting to sound like hair metal, and we're not a hair metal band. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Uh, yeah, but that's about it for me. Nice. You know, we talked about your music a bit, going in depth with spirituality and then mental illness. It's very important, the stuff that you guys put into music. One of the ways we connect with music is emotionally. When listeners hear, you know, songs off of Sometimes When You Win, You Lose, or even with this new music, what do you want them to feel? Well, you know, it, it's no secret that we're a Christian band. Right. Um and to our audience, it depends on a lot of uh, a lot of their experience as to what they're going to take away from that. And, um, you know, for the Christian listener, um, they're going to hear some songs that that I hope uh, brings them to confront some issues. Um, you know, we had um, had the song uh, How the West Was Lost. Right. Um, that's really confronting the the battle that goes on inside of our churches and and you know how we we judge those who are different than us just because we worship a little differently or because we do something a little differently um so for the christian listener i hope that their faith deepens um you know for the non-christian listener i mean i i definitely want them to to know we're a christian band and know that not everybody who's a christian is out to get them or rake them over a bible and be angry at them um, you know, the, the world really has a negative perspective sometimes on what Christians look like. And uh, right. as somebody who's been on the other side of that, who doesn't necessarily, you know, it, you know, tattooed, engaged ears and, and <laughs> I fit in with the metal scene because I love them. I don't necessarily fit in church, even though I love them, um, you know, and, and I hope that they experience some of that kinship. Um, to know that, you know, we're all real people and that we experience these things. And, and I hope just like inside a church that people start to confront 
those kind of issues in their church and in amongst their Christian friends. I hope that, um, you know, mental health is one of those things that like everybody, no matter how metal you are at some point, you're afraid to discuss. And um, I hope that some of those issues uh, get brought uh, brought into the front and get to get to have some serious discussions. Um, you know, I, I hope that people experienced a sense of zen uh you know i i get i get some zen feelings when i play music and one of the reasons i like breakdowns and stuff is because uh it's that, dopamine. that's it's dopamine it's, <laughs> it, yeah it, um you know, i'm it, sorry it fixes my chemical imbalance um that i have <laughs> yeah it's, um i would but yeah no i i I'm hope that i hope that um you know non-christian listeners know that we're not out out here to bible beat them um but that we we get them to talking about some of these other issues and and uh some of these things that are sometimes taboo to discuss because they're they're scary you know right. um admitting yeah. it means you have a weakness and people don't like to be weak yeah that's true off of the, um off the first album it was kind of like an introduction people didn't know that we were christian but then explaining the issues out of the music would explain that we are christian mm-hmm. and this is our view and our path and this is what we want to show and and teach yeah. But with the new songs that are coming off this new album, the the this is probably as simple as I can get it. And like I said, I'm not simple, but you're not alone. You are loved. And just because we're Christians don't mean me and you don't lead the same way. We don't cry the same way. We don't have the same depression, the same relatable issues. And with that, we're all human. So we all make mistakes. I'm not on a pedestal neither is he or him we all make the same mistakes we 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 the best thing is when you make the mistake to know that you've made the mistake and and to correct it right absolutely i i love that you guys are trying to you're using this band as an outlet for yourselves but also others who listen to your music and you want it to mean a lot more than just the music blank face you know absolutely and I, I love that. I think that that is very powerful in today's metal community. We don't see a whole lot of that right now. And we need to see more of that. And I think that you guys are achieving it at its highest. I love it. Well, thank you very much. You know, um, one of the things that, that we often get asked when we're doing interviews um, is, hey, have you experienced any negativity because you're a Christian band? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and and promoters and things like that we we haven't um you know we've had some pretty harsh criticism from people in crowds back or, sean. uh sean you know, was amazing and, um he's he he was very uh he, he was very like all right well i don't really want to book you guys you're a christian band i don't know how that's going to work we don't really need you guys coming up and preaching whatnot and i was like trust me man just book us you you yep. you won't second guess yourself we get up there he hears it, gets the message, blows him away. And he's like, you guys are amazing. I want you back here. I want you to play again. I, yeah. You know, I didn't think Christian music could ever sound like that. You changed my <laughs> mind. You made me a believer. And I'm like, that's awesome. Now he's like really one yeah. of the best books yeah, we've got. One of, the, yeah. one of the best bookers that we've worked with, really. That's awesome. Um, you know, it, we've had uh, we've had no negativity from anybody that we booked with. Sometimes it's a little hard to open a door, but once they hear uh, and they see a show, they, they understand what they've got and what they're dealing with. Right. Um, you know, some of the critics 
um, have pulled uh, fun snapshots from our shows and things like that. You know, that's stuff that every band deals with. Right. And it just so happens that Definitely. we don't we don't hide probably the most controversial part of our music. Uh, you know, it's actually in the lyrics and in the CD booklet. Um, but uh, that's that's something we definitely have not experienced. Um, you know, we have not, a, overall, I would tell you, we have not had negativity because we put these mental health issues out there or because we put out this positive message, um, which is something that, uh, you know, in previous bands where I had uh, had a similar message, um, it, it definitely, closed a lot of doors and that's something that's not happening in the community today um which tells me how people are really ready to uh ready to talk to each other they're ready to listen to each other more than they were um and that's really refreshing well this is a very sensitive um world now and the way people um perceive a message in general uh, you got to be real careful about how yeah. you come around yeah. with mm -hmm. the message and when you do you know, provide that message to them, hopefully they take it at face value exactly how you want it to be and don't, uh, you know, obscure the message from what they think it was to them, not exactly how yeah. it was supposed to have yeah. been. Right. Right. You guys mentioned it a bit beforehand, but what is some advice you guys would like to pass down to other upcoming artists? Mm. Well, as I said before, uh, you know, save some, <laughs> save some money and buy some, buy some uh, recording gear. It will put you light years ahead. Um, even if it's just some cheap recording gear, it'll put you light years ahead if you practice into that recording gear. Right. Uh, we, you know, a, as a whole, we practice with a metronome um, mm -hmm. and we change that metronome up and change that speed up and it forces a live drummer to, uh, to drop in. Um, and we do everything by counts. Um, I definitely encourage that because um, that's my band nerd talking. Um, <laughs> don't burn yourself out on shows. Yeah, don't do as many yeah. shows as you think you can. Grind, yes, but again, be selective. Uh, know your venue, know your audience that may come, know the location of the area, and don't go in it blindly. Yeah. Don't always right. go into a show thinking, we're just going to show up and people will be there. Put in the time, put in the work, the effort, and make it happen. Because you don't make it happen, you'll be playing to, to empty shows for a long time, right? With no recognition, and that that is that can that can make a break. Yeah, bad. that'll burn you out. Yeah, yeah. That's on, a, on an inside level, and not with this group, but with some other people I played with. Um, don't when you're when you're dealing with each other, you know, at practice or at a gig or, or whatever. Do not don't be disrespectful when you have a disagreement, but also don't hold, uh, don't hold back to where you blow up or mm -hmm. you, you can't work with somebody. Communication. Um, just, Communication. just be open and it don't. And I think it boiled down in, in the situation I had, like I said, not with these guys, but you were almost afraid to confront, um, you know, the issue. And, you know, like I said, then it comes to a head and you explode and then you're like, Oh, well, we're not playing music anymore. See ya. You know, yeah. so, don't get to that, but just open, openly talk with each other, you know, with respect, communicate with dignity yeah. and, you know, try to work through it because I mean, you know, you're one argument away from potentially, you know, ruining something that could be really positive for you, helpful to somebody else. You know, it's all these different things. Like what if we had worked out or, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Absolutely. Well, guys, as we're coming to a close to our time here, would you guys like to take the second, plug your social medias and where people can listen to your music so they know where to find you? Everywhere. 
Um, Spotify, uh, yeah, you Pandora. can find us. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Pandora, Bandcamp, Reverb Nation, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, anything else? I'm sure there is. Oh, a- uh, Apple Music, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, um, Amazon Music, iHeart. You, you can ask Alexa to play "Treading Water" by <laughs> A Vessel of Honor. Wait, wait, wait! I don't have an Alexa, do I? No. Okay, because it, it didn't go off. Okay. It didn't go off. All right, I got Google Home. Good. Uh, Good. I got a different type of. So, of government listening on me. Yeah, so right, you, cool. you can find us at uh, facebook.com forward slash vessel music ministry. Um, that's probably if you're if you're looking for a direct link, that's gonna be as good as any other one. Um, you also uh, you can email us. Yeah, you can email us at booking.vessel at gmail.com. Um, and we one of us checks that regularly. It has a phone number floating out there that brings our cell phones that we don't always know because it looks like spam coming in. Yeah. Um, but we do check yeah, our emails unlike the rest of the world. It dings so. every time. You guys really are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I appreciated, you know, you guys taking out the time of your day to speak with me. I enjoy learning more about yourselves and, and the music you make. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It's been a vessel of honor backstage with the sound chick. As always, major shout out to bands like A Vessel of Honor for joining me in my interviews and you lovely listeners for tuning in. Please don't forget that you can keep up with more artist interviews or music reviews that I do by following me on social media, on Twitter or Instagram at Real Sound Chick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. Now for the moment you've all been waiting for, this is A Vessel of Honor's new single, Among the Stars.
The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the sound chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.